Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Coming up, you will be hearing more highlights from the recent Christian Product Expo Summer 2022 show in Lexington, Kentucky. But first, Dan Seaborn of the ministry Winning at Home offers insight for parents as they help their kids navigate through difficult issues and influences. Then it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 CPE show in Lexington with more conversation material about applying faith to the mental health area Julie Bussler comments on how she experienced the joy of the Lord, even through personal sorrow. And on this edition of The Intersection, at the CPE event, Grace Fox dropped by to bring words of hope in the Lord, even when there is difficulty. You'll be hearing from that conversation. And finally, at CPE, Lowell Lytle, with whom I last spoke about his adventures portraying the late Captain Smith of the Titanic, was also part of a unique music ministry that used music as the catalyst to draw young people into concerts where they could hear about Christ. Leslie Turner has written about the exploits of these trailblazing musicians, and the two of them are our tour guides on a stroll down memory lane. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Dan Seaborn is the founder and president of a ministry that intends to provide Christ-centered encouragement in the areas of marriage and parenting. He is the author of a book called Winning at Home, Tackling the Topics that Confuse Kids and Scare Parents. He was a recent Meeting House guest. His ministry is Winning at Home, and he related how parents can be involved in communicating and modeling biblical truth to their children, including the discussion of hot-button, challenging issues. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Dan Seaborn. When I have this conversation, Bob, I don't do it with adults. I do it with teenagers. So I, the other day, stopped a 17-year-old girl, and I said, all right, I'm just going to ask you some point-blank questions, just some random thoughts. I want to kind of know where culture is, et cetera. I said, how many of your friends, she's 17, going into her senior year, just started today, uh, not my kid, just a girl that I know. And I said to her, how many of your kids are, are participating in, are considering participating in same-sex relationships or this sort of thing? She said, oh, probably seven, ten of my friends are doing it. She said, but now I'm in a Christian school. And she said, I can tell you that uh, – Pretty much all my friends who are not at Christian school are at least being told by their peers, at least try it out. So really the desire, it sounds like, to experiment is really driving these young people, and they really become vulnerable to these alternative forms of expression. Correct, because they're being told you won't know until you try it out. So what I, what I say, Bob, is, here's what I say to adults, like take me back when I was a middle schooler and I'm riding on the bus with my friends, if this conversation happened, none of us have that grounded foundation. You know, as adults, we look and we go, oh, come on, guys. We kind of know where this is. We know that, you know, there's a lot of things about feelings and we look more for stability and what's the fact. Sure, that's true. But when you're in middle school and going through puberty, you aren't really thinking a lot about facts. Let's just be honest. And so I think that what's happening is because of what the culture is throwing at these kids, uh, they're asking questions and wondering things that me and you, frankly, did not wonder about. And so as parents, I believe our responsibility 
is to come along beside them and not in fear or not in any type of worry, but just have a conversation with your kids about it. Let them know you understand and you see that culture is throwing this idea and this thought at them, and you just want to have an open conversation with them about it and why your foundation is based on the teaching of God's Word and why that always holds true. I have um, several counselors here who deal with teens and uh, specifically are, are receiving these type of of kids coming in with questions all the time, all the time. And I'm just telling you, Bob, it's real. I'm sitting here. I watch it happen live in real time. And one of the greatest things that I uh, believe I can encourage parents with today is this. Sarah, one of of the counselors who works here, I I had said to her a while back, Sarah, if you could speak to parents today, and, and they're raising kids in this society, this time, this moment in history where we'll look back and go, okay, it was a transitional period. I said, what would you say to parents? What, what's the piece of advice you'd give them? And she said, well, two things. Number one, if you have a child that's coming to you and they say to you, mom or dad, I want to talk to you about something I'm feeling or going through or dealing with, she said, first of all, I just want to hug you as a parent. What a good relationship you must have built with your child, that they have the trust that they would want to come and share this thought or this idea with you. And she said, I understand it's scary. I understand you may not like what the next phrase out of their mouth is going to be, but a really good parent is probably going to be the very parent who gets the conversation because your child, somewhere down deep, trusts that you're going to give them good guidance, even if they agree with you or not in this particular topic. And then she said, second, if I could just tell parents one other thing, it would be when your child shares whatever they need to share with you, don't let your facial expression change. Don't hmm. react. Don't freak out. She said, one of the reasons teens love to come and talk to me is they can tell me anything, and I just don't react. I love them, and I'll give them good guidance no matter what. And she said, the parent who can say to their child, I really appreciate you sharing that with me, and it may not necessarily be what I want to hear, but I sure love you, and I'm going to love you no matter what comes out of your mouth. She said, if you give your child that, You're giving them a great, godly, biblical gift that will be foundational for their life even when they turn 30. Dan Seaborn here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to the website winningathome.com. The Intersection continues now with a conversation highlight from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. Julie Bussler, who serves as Oklahoma president of the Women's Missionary Union, shared about her own journey through mental health struggles, on which she elaborates in the book entitled Joyful Sorrow, Breaking Through the Darkness of Mental Illness. Here now from that conversation is Julie Bussler. I didn't actually start out to write a book. I started out trying to learn how to to survive as this woman of God who's now diagnosed with these mental illnesses and trying to thrive. Um, And so I just kept a journal. And so in this journal, the Lord for about a year walked me through different biblical lessons, like talking about the thorn in Paul's flesh. That's Mm -hmm. where he talks about his weakness. Um, And so eventually, as I started sharing these lessons at um, conferences, and people were responding, I thought, let's put these lessons that God saved my life with into a book. So my book, the first few chapters, talks about my story, um, how I was hospitalized in Turkey, and then again in America, and um, how I came to terms with 
it's not only a faith problem, that it's also an illness, but that Jesus is our hope and that science and faith can work together in helping us thrive. And then I transition into some biblical lessons and practical application of those scriptures and how to thrive as a believer. Mm. Give us an example, if you would, of maybe one or two of the principles based on scripture that you really wanted to drive home. I will. So in um, the cha- in Luke chapter 13, there's a, a woman, she's not even named, and she's at the synagogue and where Jesus is teaching. And it says that she's bound by Satan for 18 years, bent over and can't straighten herself. And in this story, Jesus sees her and calls her to himself and heals her. And, um, you know, she doesn't do anything to receive this. There's no indication of her faith. She doesn't ask for healing. And so I had to learn that, you know, she still showed up to the synagogue. I still have to show Mm -hmm. up to church even if I don't feel like it because I never know when Jesus is going to break through and bring healing because, you know, my body may be maybe weary and passing away day by day, but my spirit can be renewed at all times through Jesus. Mm. And so making yourself available to God, it sounds like, is, yeah. is a key element. Mm-hmm. Yep. Showing up and, and doing expe- the next right thing. Expectation. Really. And we see that throughout the, the scriptures, the people that came to Jesus with that expectancy mm-hmm. that he would do something. And uh, as we conclude, I mentioned the, the title is Joyful Sorrow. Elaborate on the significance of that title and how you came up with it. So I, for a while, I just felt so much sadness. I mean, the, the losses I've, I've experienced are significant. And then I had this idea that you must be just happy all the time as a Christian. And then as I was reading in 2 Corinthians 6.10, Paul said, and this is the Apostle Paul, like the hero uh-huh. of the faith. He says that he was sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And this was an aha moment that sorrow and joy can coexist. And really, I believe the sorrow makes the joy sweeter and the joy makes the sorrow endurable. Hmm. And so I, I started to realize that I can be sorrowful and I can have joy. It's, it's from the spirit. It's a fruit. It's a gift. Um, and it's in the Lord, not in my circumstances. So I do believe that they go together. And when you mentioned the expectation of Christians being happy mm-hmm. all the time, that's not a contradiction really with this concept of joyful sorrow. In other words, we can be sorrowful. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about being being sorrowful, mm-hmm. but out of sorrow comes joy, which is which is much more as I understand it. We, you know, you can get into the debate, well what is, you know, what does happiness mean? Is happiness synonymous with joy or you know, some have said happiness is dependent on external circumstances, joy is is within when you talk about joy and sorrow coexisting, what would you say that, or how would you explain that uh, to be the case? And what does that look like? So whenever I started really seeking the Lord as I'm trying to build my life back after coming home from Turkey, Jesus became my delight. And I had to realize that even if everything is taken away from me in my circumstances on earth, I have this forward facing hope that I know one day he will wipe away my last tear and that this earth may, it is the only hell I will ever know because someday mm, it'll be perfect. Good. I mean, life will be, there'll be nothing but joy. There'll be no sorrow. And so as I look forward, realizing that I'm in a temporary body, I'm in a temporary circumstance that fuels this joy because I'm so thankful that Jesus saved me. And that is my joy. Mm. How does gratitude play into your life now? Well, but what I just said, I mean, it's, it's looking forward, realizing that, like, look what Jesus has saved me from. He saved me from myself. Mm. I mean, praise God, it did not, did not end my life when I wanted to. I would have missed so much. I had no idea 
that I could experience this joy. And so whenever I see my children and my husband, I'm just thinking, thank you, Lord, that I did not throw this away. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever the feelings were telling me that this problem will last forever. Julie Bustler here on The Intersection. You can find out more through her website at juliebustler.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests from The Intersection Podcast and The Meeting House Radio Program. Also through the homepage, there are links to the intersection, to the media center, as well as the Apple podcast feed. Plus, there are links to video content, including recently added content to the Faith Radio YouTube channel from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. Also, there are two blogs that are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from The Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Well, the intersection continues now with Grace Fox. She dropped by Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington to bring words of hope in the Lord even when there is difficulty. She has written a book entitled Keeping Hope Alive, Devotions for Strength in the Storm. Here now from that conversation is Grace Fox. When God says, for instance, fear not, uh-huh. what do we do with that? Do we, um, do we take it in our head and nod and say, yep, that's a good word, and then continue to fear? Or do we begin to change the way we think by focusing on truth? You know, do we entertain those fearful thoughts and just compound our fears, even though we know we're not to fear, or do we replace those fearful thoughts when they come, uh, replace them with the truth that God is with us. He's promised to never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he sends the Holy Spirit to comfort and lead us and teach us, and he dwells within us if we know him. Do we really appropriate that power? Mm. It's a learning process. It's a learning and a growing process. Yes, it is. And I think you make a very important point that when we are, you know, the Bible says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. It doesn't say I'm afraid and then two days or two weeks later, I'll think about trusting in God. It's like a definitive statement when I am afraid. In other words, fear comes when I am afraid, I will trust in you at that moment when. So in our when we can trust and put our hope in God. But if we wait, if we allow to, if we allow fear to have a foothold, or as Second Corinthians 10 says, a stronghold in our lives, and we become vulnerable to the work of the enemy That's who comes right. to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, let me tell you another story from, okay. from the sailing. Another, about sa- that. another, all right, very good. Because you just, you just gave me the cue word. You talked about giving the enemy uh, the, the foothold. And so there was a time when my husband and I took uh, a couple with us out 
on the boat and there is a, a part of the river just when the river that we have to go uh, down enters into the water or the open water where we can begin sailing but if the tide and the wind collide there it depends on how mm. hard the winds are blowing and whatnot but it can get really dicey there and so we weren't aware of that the first time it actually happened to us. We had no idea how strong those, uh, the wind would blow, how high the waves would get. So the water was crashing over the bow, crashing over the stern, and the boat was going from front to back like this, just rocking. And when it started getting a little bit rough, I remembered that the, the hatch over the front berth um, was, was open just to get fresh air flowing through the boat as we went down the mm -hmm. river. And so I went and I pulled the hatch down, thinking I'd sealed it all the way. But I, in, in truth, it was maybe a quarter of an inch off. And so when the boat really started doing the nosedives into the oh, waves, wow. I know it was something. I didn't realize what was going on because I was out in the cockpit. But when it settled down, I went just to check things out and found that water had just come in like a flood. So... The blankets were wet. The pillows were soaked. The, I had a mattress cover with a waterproof liner, thankfully, because that semi-protected the mattress. But the, the guests, she had a book that was soaked, and, you know, the suitcase was wet, and, oh, what a mess. We had to go into a little safe harbor. The sun came out, and everything had to come out that hatch to hang in the sunshine to dry before those people could have a place to sleep that night. And I compare that to giving the enemy a little crack right mm, there was yeah. a little crack i thought it was good but it wasn't and the water poured in and just caused damage if we give the enemy that little crack by entertaining fearful thoughts or even by speaking untruths over ourselves yeah. in the middle of the storm he will cause damage and so another example i lost my my mobility for three months several years ago and i remember living in a three-story townhouse then 15 steps up to my bed every night. And I was sitting on my backside having to hoist myself all the way up each night. And about two and a half months into it, I said to myself, I can't do this anymore. And suddenly I realized, what have I just said? I can't do this anymore. That's not true. But I spoke those words over myself. And that's negative self-talk. That was a lie. Mm. And how easily we do that in a storm. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. I'm never going to survive the ride. Right? We say those things, but we have to catch those things and say, no, I can do this because God will strengthen me to do this. He has not left me to figure this out on my own. Grace Fox here on The Intersection. You can find her online at gracefox.com. Moving on now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's back to the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington. Leslie Turner, author of the book God's Rock and Roll Army, the story of Young American Showcase, a Radical Experiment in Evangelism, and Lowell Lytle, the founder of Young American Showcase, discuss the unique ministry that existed for over two decades beginning in the 1960s. Here now from that CPE conversation are Leslie Turner and Lowell Lytle. They were biting on rock and roll, and I, you know, I love the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the answer for, for salvation, but I wouldn't let them wear a cross around the neck. I said, I want no scripture verses on your guitar cases. We're going, I don't want to scare the fish. 
we're just going to go do put a show on and really give them a good show. <laughs> and we played top 40 music. That's when we stopped and they just gave an invitation for the kids to accept Christ. And they tear those corners off. And uh, the Billy Graham organization did the follow-up program. It, uh, and then, you know, we, we, I, I got thinking, you know, if it's free, it can't be worth much. Though I would just as soon do it for free. Mm -hmm. But we charged admission. And, and all of a sudden, it became so successful. We got so much money, we didn't, well, what are we going to do with it? Well, let's buy some more instruments and just find more musicians. And we just it kept rolling and rolling. It went from 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 uh, uh, one band to two to four to to six to eight. Wow, it was amazing. One we ever had nine bands uh, that were just and they gave the plan of salvation. It was a wonderful ministry, underground evangelism. That's what I've been involved in all my life. Yeah. Lowell Lytle joining me today. Lowell Lytle along with Leslie Turner joining me here at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022, the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. So you were up to eight of these Young American, uh, young American Showcase bands that were traveling all across the country. So how long did this go on, Leslie? Well, uh, they started in around 1968 just with Lowell, and then uh, they they grew and grew and grew over a very short period of time and eight bands were touring up until like 1992 about 22 years wow and uh they were going not only just throughout the united states but also up into canada they had one group that ended up in australia they were up in alaska uh, they had and they were if you were in junior high or high school during the 70s 80s or 90s you may remember a group free fair freedom jam the Edge, Shalom was one of them. And am I missing one? I think Wild Child. Wild Child. So you may remember <laughs> the names of those groups as mm -hmm. they came through. You may have a poster wrapped up in your closet somewhere still. We, we find them showing up on eBay every now and then. And people <laughs> may have saved their tickets. We, we always ask the question, uh, yes. what did you do with your ticket? What did you do with your ticket? Some of them, some of them perhaps torn. And the, the name and the address submitted for follow-up through the Billy Graham Association. Yeah. Now this, is, this may be the most, the most pervasive band or, or group of bands across our country that we don't hear a whole lot about anymore. But, That's right. But so many people have experienced them. We uh, crunched the numbers and estimate that well over 10 million students were reached through this ministry. Wow. And that roughly 1 million of them responded with a torn ticket. That's unbelievable. I would, I would love if, it, if our listeners could send, if you've got one of those tickets, if you could scan it and email it to us mail at faithradio.org. I would I would love to see that because obviously this is something that w was was going on all across the nation and God was certainly using that some might say well that's that's unusual because we also know that going on at the same time you had the the seeds of the the Jesus movement the Jesus revolution Jesus music, what was going on in California, you had Explode 72, and so there was a lot in the Christian music 
space, but but you also know that there was a, a tremendous amount of scratching and clawing that was going on, and they, in their own way, led by the Holy Spirit, were allowing, you know, allowing doors to be open. You had a you had a different idea. You were trying to earn the right to be heard, and and taking a different tactic. It just goes to show us that we serve a God of creativity, and He'll lead pe- different people in different ways. Leslie Turner and Lowell Lytle here on the Intersection Podcast. You can find out more by going to the website encouragepublishing.com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, the weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find that link to the Media Center, the place where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the Intersection Podcast, as well as the Meeting House program. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. Plus, there are links to video content, including recently added content to the Faith Radio YouTube channel from the Christian Product Expo Summer 2022 show in Lexington. Plus, there are two blogs that are accessible. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org and click on The Meeting House link from that programming menu. Thanks for joining me for this edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.